0: Warning, what you're about to hear may contain mature language, adult situations, and depictions of graphic violence. Listener discretion is advised.
1: Hey guys, welcome back to The Trash Heap. We're here with another episode. Uh, Joining me as always is
0: Keith Vance. Hello. And we have a guest host today, Francis Greet. The creator of the first returns. To participate in the last. What? No, that's not true. That's just, (laughs) that's the tagline from uh, Jason Goes to Hell. Oh, cool. The final Friday. But that's not really what's happening. This is not the last episode.
2: Uh, We'll see. Frances,
0: how
1: are you doing today? Good. You might remember Frances from some of our previous episodes. She was
0: on our Guyver episode as well as our Ghosts of Mars episode. She was also an extra in Stop or My Mom Will Shoot. That's true. She played the gun.
2: (laughs) Yes, that was me. Thank you for the recognition. Spent
0: most of the movie in a purse, but now she's out. (laughs) She's out.
2: (laughs) It's just like real life.
0: So we got a kind of a special episode, I guess, today. It is the one year anniversary of The Trash Heap. We've been doing this podcast for a whole year. And for that whole year, we've had a total of
1: one. Uh, Listener, so perfect. I think that was
0: me. So maybe this year, I just
1: listened back to
0: one of the episodes. I didn't listen to any of them. So maybe this year we can get two. Yeah, so we'll see how that goes. That's the goal. When we started this show, the whole point was to embrace and celebrate these movies that we enjoyed as kids growing up watching on like Sunday afternoon television movies Mm -hmm. that may have been creatively bankrupt or financially bankrupt or completely inadequate technically and had never had a chance at winning over the masses, but they won us over because they had
1: some reason or another, you know?
0: Yeah. There was something special about them, like a special kind of energy and they stuck with us through, uh, our later years, Mm -hmm. or maybe they're a new big budget type of movie that kind of missed the mark, but still has some sort of a merit that at least one of us can find something in, you know?
1: Um, yeah, I guess that's, you know, there's all types of things and there's obviously movies that are, uh, outwardly like awesome, you know, like anyone can say like, yeah, that's, that's great. But something, there's something that I just think we've kind of cut, said this before. There's definitely something to be said for a movie that maybe has flawed, uh, has, is poorly made in, in a lot of respects, but for some reason is still compelling. And I think that's a really interesting thing. And yeah, that's kind of what this has been about, you know, is like giving some of those movies that have been thrown away a second chance.
0: Yeah, creative works that may have been uh, resigned to the garbage, but we're going to fish them out and dust them off and make sure they get the love that they deserve. And probably crack a jokes, a few jokes at their expense too. Oh, for absolutely. What do you think, Francis? Yep. You were here when we started. <laughs> what do you what do you think of our journey so far?
2: Um pretty good <laughs> hopefully maybe next year you'll have more episodes If i'm gonna be honest
1: hey we, we're busy guys eh, no okay. we're not we're not. We'll gonna we have to spend time watching the movies before we can talk about the movies true
2: yeah
1: so today we're gonna do or i guess we're actually gonna do something a little bit different today than we have in the past
0: it seems like every new episode is a little bit different that's now. true but i think we're I think, all gimmicks baby yeah. It's that time to check in with Elliot to see how many days it's been since he has not seen Alien Covenant. 134. Wow. Stay tuned next time as we check in with Elliot to see how many days it's been since he hasn't seen Alien Covenant. This, is a, this is a, It's different because
1: normally we do movies that nobody likes or just a select few movies that people like. And now we're going to talk about some movie that just came out that's kind of been a big hit.
0: Yeah, probably has a good aggregated score on that Rotten Tomatoes. I Last I looked, I think it was like 89 or something. Wow. So we sure a lot of tomatoes. We're going to
1: talk about uh, the new It uh, adaptation, and we're going to talk about it in reference to the miniseries from the 90s. And Francis is the only one here who's actually read the book. So that'll be helpful as well for some comparing and contrasting. But before we do that, normally we would do uh, Knee Jerk Reactions, where we talk about some stupid trailer we saw and our new jerk reaction to it. But I think today we're going to talk about some of our favorite
0: and least favorite Stephen King adaptations. Yeah, the best of the best and the worst of the worst. Keith, why don't you kick it off? I am going to kick it off. Man, Stephen King is such a prolific writer and a raging alcoholic. Yeah, and...
2: Okay, he used to be. <laughs> sure, <laughs> sure, work.
0: sure. I'm talking about overall like if you <laughs> add up part the, of him. the percentage of his life that he spent drunk or <laughs> blasted out of his mind on cocaine yeah yeah um actually that era of stephen king is probably my favorite like i think it's he put like, out it crazy his most exciting and aggressive works mm-hmm. which makes sense when your pulse is racing at about 300 beats per yeah, minute. like how
1: many books does he say doesn't even remember writing or something yeah, yeah
0: so my first favorite uh let's start with my faves and then we'll talk about the uh the real real downers um but my first favorite uh stephen king adaptation is 1000% the one that the man himself is responsible for and that is maximum overdrive i knew you were going to say that maximum overdrive is not something that should be taken lightly because from minute 1 of this movie it is like the kind of roller coaster, like madcap energy thrill ride that most movies promise but can't deliver on. And someone was actually blinded on the set during a stunt So gone there was wrong. genuine terror. It's got street credentials, is that, as the children say.
2: Is that the one with semi trucks?
0: Yes. yes. But it is not trucks.
2: Oh, that's like Don't get it like, twisted. They're like that. possessed semis. Well, no, there's another
0: movie called Trucks. Yeah, oh. Maximum, Maximum <laughs> Overdrive has other vehicles and other mechanical things uh, involved. Okay. Yeah, so it's it's not limited to just trucks. Mm-hmm. The well, movie Trucks is, is limited to Yeah, trucks. that's the, the same premise but right. just trucks. Stephen King just he he had a lot to say On the subject of vehicles coming to life, so he's just working it out. Was that
2: the one that he just made into a movie and there's no book from it, or there's a book?
0: There's a short story. Yeah, Maximum Overdrive is like, what, a a four-page short story? Four-page
1: short story. It's the only movie that Stephen King has directed himself. Yes. He wrote Ah, this teleplay, directed himself. I will say... That the best thing about Maximum Overdrive is the trailer for Maximum Overdrive. Oh, one hundred percent. With Stephen King, where he's like, "I got tired of people messing up my books,
0: so I decided to do it myself." <laughs> yeah, if and you can't, if you can't, what what does he say exactly? It's um, if you want something done right, why you ought to do it yourself. Yeah.
1: And then he just <laughs> he stares sure at as the, as the camera it.
0: for like thirty seconds and goes,
1: "I'm gonna scare the hell out of you." Yeah, and that is literally the scariest thing in any
2: just him saying that yes
1: yeah any Stephen King adaptation ever ever put to celluloid that is this most terrifying thing is the like the manic uh pervert old man look yeah. he gives
0: into the camera well then his subsequent thought was what's the scariest soundtrack I can think of let's call ACDC <laughs> <laughs> he's like this is gonna be, it's gonna be scary how bad it is yeah <laughs> it's gonna rock um
2: so that's your number one. Yeah, uh,
0: that's Golden Era Emilio Estevez. Also, mm-hmm. wow, just what I a. When
2: did that era end? What a
0: talent! It did, <laughs> it did. He got real serious and got into directing, and Damn. I don't want to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, next on my list of favorite Stephen King adaptations is um, Graveyard Shift. Oh, man, Graveyard Shift is the story of some factory workers uh, in the you know the seedy small town um, who. Run across... They're in, the, I think it's a cotton mill. Yeah, I think it is. And uh, they run across a giant bat living in caverns underneath. Uh,
1: it's, not a, it's not a bat, though. It's like a It's like a weird
0: rat-dog-winged
1: uh, creature. Isn't it's, that a, rat, a bat? It's bat-esque, but if you look it at... It doesn't
0: fly, but it's got bat-style wings. Sure, yeah, yeah. Um, it scurries across the ceiling. It's too fat to fly, though. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh... Uh, you know, here's what I'll I, also say about Graveyard Shift. Graveyard Shift, if it's a movie you're watching out of the corner of your eye, like if you have it on in the background, or if you were doing something else and what you were watching ended and it started, you will constantly keep looking over. But the second you stop doing what you're doing and actually start watching it, you'll be bored to tears. Yeah, it grinds to a halt. It's yeah. kind of
0: interesting that way. But the my favorite things about the movie have got to be the uh, absolutely savage performance by Stephen Mocked. He is just, like, chewing his way through this entire movie, like, with, like, a teeth. set of fake teeth that, like, can't be stopped. He's incredible. Uh, everyone is covered in this permanent sheen of sweat, and uh, the giant bat creature effects are disgusting and amazing. Nice. So this is a, like, sleazy, the effects are gross, I agree with that. weird movie that kind of is a little boring, but it's still one of my favorites. Uh, and then, let me guess, it's the mangler. No, not at all. That's the, uh, what the killer, uh, killer washing, washing, machine. washing machine, wow.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that kills virgins. Uh, only and you, virgins. And you defeat it by throwing a Bible into the washing machine, or it's a laundry press at the end.
0: Wow. Is Stephen King responsible for arachnophobia? I don't think so. But I don't think so. He's not. Hmm. But you can run with it. I'm going to go with that one anyway, just because <laughs> I love spiders. Yeah. I love John Goodman. And uh, that probably has one of the coolest ending like kill scenes I've ever seen. Like the slow motion flaming nail to the giant spider. Yeah, it's pretty good. Kills, not only does it kill the spider, but it goes right into the nest and burns the nest. Yeah. And the entire house with it. Yeah. I mean, you sacrifices have to be made. Yeah. And if, that's, if arachnophobia is not it's Stephen King story then i'll just go with pet cemetery 2 fair enough which is good for the same reason wait a minute
1: pet cemetery 2 is also not a stephen king story uh well Pet cemetery is but that's arguable i mean it's based off stephen king characters
0: it's just based off the um the notes and like uh rough draft ideas from the original pet cemetery gotcha okay that makes that's fair enough fair enough or so i've heard your least favorite that's easy i'm just gonna run through this without even any justification um uh, and go in order. Uh, the worst Stephen King adaptations are, uh, the running man, the Shawshank redemption and children of the corn. Interesting. Interesting choices. Tell your friends, Francis. Yeah. Francis, let's uh, hear from you. What's, uh, what favorites favorites? Yeah. Start favorites.
2: So, well, I mean, what there's two that jump to mind. They're probably tied for first, but I'll go with the one I saw first. Uh, the shining was the first stephen king adaptation i'd ever seen i was living at my aunt's house in puyallup like on a road that wasn't really surrounded by anything so it was like four acres of farmland i was upstairs in this farmhouse and it was on tv i watched it for the first time by myself like darkness outside and i wasn't scared but i was enthralled the entire time and I usually get really scared easily by movies, but this was just more interesting and kind of fun than mm-hmm. scary. Um, so that would probably start at the top of the list. And then second, I'd have to say Stand By Me. Yeah. Because I love coming-of-age stories, and it's one of the only movies I've seen that's coming-of-age about a group of friends who are true friends. There's, not, there's nothing petty, there's nothing like holding them back from each other, it's just they're all in it together, and they're, you know, going on this journey together, and I just like that it's not bogged down by, you know, love interests or being jealous of each other, it's just true young friendship, and it's pretty apparent that that's an important theme that runs through a lot of uh, Stephen King's writing, and I read the short story, and then, I, and I've watched the movie and they're pretty similar to each other. And I think that the adaptation on the film was amazing. Um, third, I might have to, I was thinking Misery, um, because again, I saw that when I was younger and it's just kind of stuck with me. It's terrifying in the way that is real life terrifying, um, you know, the, Someone holding you captive, but, like, being oddly sweet about it. So it's like, you can't... You, you don't see it coming, and then once you're in it, you're in it, and you can't get out. Yes and it's that
0: casual possessiveness. Yes. <laughs> mm
2: mm-hmm. um,
0: Where have I seen that before?
2: Your mom. <laughs> <laughs> Zing! <laughs> uh, yeah, so those... Oh, and then... Uh, bottom three. Bottom three. Okay. This is hard, but... I'd have to say Desperation, definitely, because when I watched it, I was so angry.
0: Oh, with Antonio Banderas? Man. (laughs) It's garbage.
2: No, wait, am I saying
0: that right? No, it is Desperation Banderas. And
1: it's it's the sequel, Once Upon a Time in (laughs) Derry. He's taking other movies like Desperado that sound vaguely similar Uh, to Desperation. I
2: mean, close. has a real
1: comedian over here.
2: Um... But it had the same thing that you were talking about with that other movie. Like, everyone just has this, like, glow of sweat the whole time. They're yeah. in the desert, but still it's, like... Disgusting to watch. They look like they stink, that they've never taken showers. The acting is so bad. They there's look some,
0: like slugs, almost.
2: And I and I and there's, like, some, like, Christi- Christian element to it. And it's just so bad. It's so bad. You just want to jump in there and, like, cut everybody's head off.
0: Yeah, it's kind of a watered-down version of The Stand, almost, right? Yeah, a little bit. Well, see,
2: that's what I was going to bring up next. While I don't... i I love to hate the stand i watched it i think in one day by myself wow um maybe two days it's like six it's like six hours long it was two days (laughs) two days next to each other um it felt like one day (laughs) uh and it's not good it's not good it's really bad but it's fascinating and exciting at the same time like I think I was so invested in the characters because I just wanted to see if they all died.
1: Well, so that's that that's uh that the stand was directed The miniseries was directed by Mick Garris, who's in a lot of key adaptations, and he also did the T V uh, movie version of the 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 Shining and I kinda of feel the same way about the Shining. It's terrible, but I can't take my eyes off of it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's and like it's
2: got that nineties glow on oh, it yeah. that's just like yeah. you feel like you're you know it's Co- like it's like watching down from something. It's like
1: watching an accident in slow motion,
0: you know.
2: So. Yeah, but it, like an accident full of people that you just like don't like.
0: Yeah. And while those techniques and style moves may have worked on sleepwalkers, that doesn't necessarily translate to other projects is what you're saying.
2: Yeah yeah sure. sleepwalkers
0: is the best I, I
2: is that ba- one of oh. the cats yeah, yeah. I'll back oh yeah i only seen a few scenes of that but it was pretty entertaining
1: that's that's mcarris's first king adaptation you can you yeah. can be that's a... what started their wonderful relationship
0: he knocked it out of the park you can love cats or you can hate cats and this movie's got it all for you that's true
2: i can't think of a third one that i don't care for Well, it's okay um, I mean, there's so many. There are so many. But I feel like I've also kind of stuck to watching the, like, big budget ones. Um, just, that's how it's gone. Uh, Elliot's shown me a few of the ones that have been swept under the rug. Mm-hmm. but.
0: Um, what about the Dead Zone? Nobody's mentioned the I Dead Zone. I was going to say the Dead yeah, Zone. I was spoiler be, alert I I was
1: Elliot's be on Elliot's list.
2: Well, it's a good segue. All
1: right, so getting onto my list. So, I'll say when I think of Stephen King adaptations, I kind of put them into two categories. One that have, like, a horror, thriller, science fiction, or supernatural element, and then his more, like, grounded-in-reality ones, uh, like, or that aren't necessarily horror-specific, like, uh Shawshank Redemption or Stand By Me. So, I'm going to stick, for this list, I'm going to stick just to the ones that fall into the more horror-driven or fantasy-driven uh, adaptations. So, I was, yeah. So, like, Willow. Willow. Stephen King presents uh, Willow.
0: Willow, Beastmaster. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> Mark Singer is uh, starring in Stephen King's Beastmaster. So, yes, Beastmaster.
1: I was going to say Dead Zone. Dead Zone, I think, is the first uh, Stephen King adaptation I saw. At least the only one where I was aware that I was watching a Stephen King book into a movie. I think I probably saw Stand By Me first, but I didn't know that it had anything to do with Stephen King or even maybe didn't even know who Stephen King was at the time I saw that. I was very, very little when I saw that. I was pretty young when I saw Dead Zone, too. Dead Zone that's a David Cronenberg one of his first like forays into mainstream cin- cinema.
0: Yeah, it's pretty tame uh, and, as far as his film library is concerned.
1: And I think while well, that one's kind of like it's like it's well regarded as being one of the 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 better Stephen King adaptations even though like if you, it's regarded as that it doesn't really get a lot of
0: uh love, you know. Yeah, it's kind of mild in terms of like energy and and style like it's, yeah. there's nothing really like wild happening which is into one of the th-
1: kind of cool things about it it's kind of a slow burn for a stephen king you know it's like it doesn't it's not i mean i haven't read the novel but just in terms of the film uh it's it's pretty unique in in, in his repertoire and i I've, I've always just been really captivated
0: by it another one that i put on my list well let me before yeah. you uh, skip ahead do you think it would have been as effective if someone else was in the lead like other, than, Chris, other than Christopher Walken. Yeah, Christopher Walken's kind of a, a unique, like, magnetic kind well, of yeah, guy. Yeah, but also this... Is all in, in a in, straight-up weirdo. In terms of, like, we're just talking about in terms of being this kind of a
1: milder Stephen King horror story or fantasy story, is also a more subdued performance... That Christopher, than Christopher Walken normally gives. He, he. He's not freaking out as much as he... I mean, he, there are moments, you know. But like when in, he's on fire in bed. Right. At, at, for the great portion of the time, it's a very like internalized performance, and it's kind of unique for him, too. Yeah, you might
0: say he's sleepwalking.
1: Whoa.
2: <laughs> oh, jeez.
1: Uh, so, yeah, but anyway, moving along. Uh, another one... I'm putting it on this list because this is one I... I mean, I, like I said, I just said uh, Dead Zone's a little underrated. This is one I think is criminally underrated rated. maybe it's not the best but i was like this one deserved way more attention and praise than a god and that would be apt pupil oh, oh yes yeah, apt cool pupil is fantastic it's it's uncomfortable it's, it's, it's i don't want to say sleazy but it's no, like my catchphrase right but it just makes you like it makes gets really cr- crawls and under your like skin
2: no one that you like you can't root for and you can't hate the main characters at the same time, you, like you, they're you, both evil, but you were like, who do I pick? If anyone
1: you sympathize more for the Nazi, true, then you do for Which is you know disgusting. <laughs> and like there's like Ian Kellen plays this horrible like Nazi war criminal in hiding, who like a, a little kid finds out, figures out who he is, and, and starts tormenting him. Takes place
2: in like the eighty like the nineties or 80s uh, yeah, eighties or
1: nineties or, or something. So like, it's like well, I think the movie the, I think the novel novella it's based on was the eighties, and the movie was yeah nineties nineties, and. Yeah. A... no that's right. not that's brad Renfro. Damn. no yeah close. close close but uh yeah it's 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 i think it's like it's a great thriller it's it's a comfortable i might watch it later tonight uh and i it's brian singer's best film hands down mm-hmm. oh yeah it's better than the usual suspect and he hasn't made that many other
0: good movies <sighs>
1: it's better than the usual suspects
2: okay that's a whole other conversation i don't even know how i'd fall on that but well, the usual
0: Suspects has sort of uh, lost some some juice with age. Yeah, I guess age. you can yeah. only watch it once, too. Yeah. yeah. It's such a twist. Um, so. And I think
1: maybe that's one of the reasons <laughs> Don't why... tell anybody.
0: <laughs> guess
1: what, guys? <laughs> no! Kevin Spacey is Kaiser Soze. That's fucked up.
0: I mean, technically no one is Kaiser Soze.
1: True. So, uh, yeah. And then for my third pick... Uh, this is just one I'm putting on here because it was, it's a more recent one that I just really enjoyed and thought was a lot of fun, which was eleven twenty two sixty three. 63. Oh, um, no, I, I know you didn't care for it. I thought it was great. I love, uh, Kennedy assassination stuff. So this weird time travel story was a lot of fun. Um, is it one of the best Stephen King adaptations? No, but I'm saying for, you know, I, I was, when I was trying to think of this list, I was actually going over the, movies i was like man most of these are pretty bad there's only like really a, you know a couple handfuls of good ones and this one was totally enjoyable and kept kept moving throughout like the 11 or 12 episodes Ooh. that there was of it you know so i got a kick S- out of it
2: some people i've been
1: de- now i just definitely stephen king movies i think are better i think the Shining's better even though it's on your list of bottom ones i
0: i uh i don't think i put it on my list didn't oh wait a minute yeah, i hate the so shining bottom. though you do hate the shining a real snoozer uh
2: It's too artsy for you.
0: It's like going into a library and all the books are in Latin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Who reads Latin? That's not boring. That's just really confusing. (laughs) All right.
0: So anyway, on my list of least
1: favorite Stephen King adaptations, and I will say I haven't seen a handful of the ones that are regarded as being really, really bad, like The Night Flyer. Yeah, or or Under the Dome. Didn't they adapt that into a TV show? TV TV show, show, not a movie. And then what about Cell? Cell was supposed to be pretty bad. I didn't see that.
0: Yeah, I didn't either. It looked pretty um, awful. I didn't
1: see like thinner or something. Like a handful of the ones that everyone was like, these are the worst. I mean,
0: thinner at least has some cool makeup effects.
1: Uh, is it the same makeup effects that are in the trailer? Because those are bad. <laughs> oh, like real bad. guy, Real bad. Okay. But anyway, my picks are first up Langoliers. Oh, yeah. So fucking bad. I remember watching this on... Actually, I vaguely remember watching it on TV when it was yeah. a miniseries because it was so... That's how bad it was. The only thing I can really remember is at the end, Bronson Pichot getting like, eaten by a giant metallic meatball with teeth that flew through the air.
0: Yeah, it's crazy. He does get eaten, right? That's Yeah, the meatball yeah. effects were bad even by like the early 90s standard or oh, yeah. whenever it came out. And they yeah. were
2: supposed to be meatballs.
1: No, they're they're supposed to be the Lang layers, which are these weird yeah. interdimensional beans or something. I don't really fucking know. They're,
0: yeah, they're like meatballs with um like three mouths almost, mm-hmm. and they d- all the, what they do is they devour the past.
1: Yeah, so I, that's which actually sounds kind of cool, but it's not. Yeah, conceptually. It really yeah, sound cool. It's about the, well, here's what's coo- so it's about these people on an airplane. They don't most of the people on the airplane disappear or something? Yeah. Or no, or no they all lose it's... their memory. They they don't disappear. They all lose their memory.
0: It's sort of like a temporal displacement kind of story yeah. where okay. they're trapped in limbo. Twilight
2: tra- Zone episode. Yeah, it yeah. like, kind of is like an extended Twilight Zone. But it
0: goes of- on for 12 hours. <laughs> yeah, and it
1: should be cool, but it <laughs> is... Oh, it's a TV show. It was a miniseries. I think it yeah. was like... Okay. Yeah, it was like two or three-parter or, or something. And it should be cool, but it's not cool mm-hmm. at all. So that'd be my first pick. Uh, after that, I'd go with Cujo. Cujo is not necessarily a, a technically bad-made movie. I mean, like it's competently made production values there there's camera light cameras that work and lighting and stuff it's certainly a movie yeah but it is <laughs> so goddamn boring i couldn't even i didn't even get to the part where she's like trapped in the car with shut the movie off before that because 45 minutes into
2: the movie, that's the movie though like that's... well the,
1: the first that that's that's like the that's like the second half the first half is n- absolutely right. nothing that has anything to do with anything and you don't care and it's boring as fuck i couldn't get through it you number number two
0: well talk about also the uh, absolutely criminal miscasting of that dog elaborate <laughs> it's your opinion I'm just I'm trying to get you uh to touch on it no right. I, I the dog I the dog i trying... had this controversial opinion regarding the casting of the dog and I just want everyone else to hear about it
2: oh oh no. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> is that what you meant? No. It's, well so I have who no, said that.
1: I have no opinion on the casting of the dog. Uh Keith is wearing clan makeup right now and it's really difficult. <laughs> I'm not joking, he's
0: wearing clan makeup, it's really difficult for me to look at him. I keep forgetting what I look like, but I didn't I just said that as like an improv moment to see what you would do with it and you you guys <laughs> I thought you had something buckled to, under the pressure. I thought you had something to say about the <laughs> no. casting of the dog and I was waiting for you. No.
1: Anyway The dog casting is Uh, perfect. I
2: feel like it'll be fun to edit that part out. (laughs) Yeah,
1: (laughs) please. And okay, so moving along, my third choice would be Needful Things, which is another one that possibly has some competent people behind and in front of the camera, but is just who's in that? Ed Harris, Max von Sydow playing the devil.
2: great cast so far.
1: It's yeah, there's some other people in it too. I don't recall off the top of my head. It should be good. It's it's one of the, it's been spoofed numerous times, you know, it's about the devil mm-hmm. who opens up an antique store and every time you buy yeah. an item you sell your soul or something. Rick and Morty did a great episode yeah. about it. Um Max Van Sitout as the devil sounds fantastic, but it is also just so painfully boring that I could only get through about 50 minutes of it before i was like i don't care what happens after here it could be amazing i'm just
2: when was was that made like 93
1: 94 would you
2: say that the 90s of stephen king were not the best
0: i would say that the 90s were not the best in general
2: well yeah but Uh, i thought
0: it was an exciting time at least because a lot of the the most interesting stephen king adaptations came out during that time like, the 80s was obviously good. You had Pet Cemetery and Children of the Corn and all that Wait, kind of stuff. Wait, I thought you just
1: said Children of the Corn was one of your least favorite. Yeah,
0: but a lot of people like it. Okay. So I'm not going to tell them what to think or feel or try to, you know, reset history. But um, that was definitely one of the more successful and more revered Stephen King adaptations. But the 90s was a wild time. And uh, if you say so. I'll never forget it. That, I know, I you think don't like th- it.
2: Another good honorable mention is Christine. Christine oh, yeah.
1: Christine's great. Christine
2: I think the I mean kind of the plot of it isn't super scary like not at a, all d- a possessed car but when like in the movie you totally get the feeling that the car is in love with the owner and it's like more ownership of the human and yeah and like love and jealousy and it does get kind of scary
0: well in the story of arnie the main character and how his personality changes as yeah,
2: he, he's possessed too in a way yeah he
0: gets to know this car and mm-hmm. is in like a like a destruction or destructive yeah destructive relationship mm-hmm. well and yeah. also it's something that's kind car. of
1: interesting is like i want to, well, once again i've not read the book but i have heard that in the book when arnie is driving around uh At least one or two, or maybe more of the previous owners, their ghosts sit in the back seat, and they're like always talking to Arnie and influencing him as well. As so, it's like it's not she, Christine, never lets these people go. You know, even after they're dead. You know, so it's like they're all she's bringing them all into her fold.
0: Wow, the kind of relationships that have no closure at all. Exactly, man.
1: So that's yeah, that's a good call. Adding Christine onto there because that's that's another one that's a lot of fun. John Carpenter's foray into
0: that's actually one of his better movies. Yeah, I agree.
1: Um, so anyway, so that's that's our I guess our list of favorite and least favorite Stephen King adaptations, at least contextually.
0: Yeah, can't wait to hear about yours. If you guys are upset with what you've heard and you want to rail on us against uh, our picks or uh, you know type in all caps about how The Mist is the greatest Stephen King adaptation of all time, let's hear it. Would love to hear it. So let's get into it then. We're going to talk about It, the new It. You saw it. Yes. Stephen King presents It, a story by Stephen King.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Um, Francis and I, we saw it together. We saw it twice together. Wow. Actually. Had to. We saw it on, we saw it like we saw it the next day we took, we didn't see it, and we saw it the day after that. Mm -hmm. So I was, I really enjoyed it. I'm going to compare, now I'll say to the the original holds a very special place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're me. not here to compare it to well, the I, original. No, though. I think we are, though. This to is certain, something fresh certain, and
0: new and exciting, and to, I think it a deserves certain, a fair shake. It does,
1: but to, I mean, to a certain degree, it's impossible to not with the it same... It is.
2: It's, it's hard. That's why we had to... That's, personally, that's why I had to see it twice, because I went into it like super critically from reading the book and really loving the miniseries. Um, But then the second time I had to see it with a new lens of like, I'm not comparing it. I'm just watching it for what it is. But it was still really hard to let go of, you know, what I had read and seen previously. I
1: think it was easy for me to let go of the original miniseries for the most part. However, there was... So what's unique... Well, everybody
0: just calm down because let's not forget that this, the original miniseries, quote unquote... It was a TV movie. Yeah, it's not even presented in widescreen. That's true.
2: Does that mean it's not?
0: A... It means it's not a real movie. <laughs> um, but it... it's a glorified sitcom. Okay,
2: so who cares? It's yeah. something that happened, and it was on the I, screen. I'd argue that it, it didn't.
0: Technically, it didn't happen.
1: Well, <laughs> well, I wanted to say though about it, and it's, and why, and why is why it it's in and of itself is important to me, is when I was, I've always loved horror movies, but really didn't get scared by them. I mean, other than, like, I might be scared while I was watching them, something might jump out from the in the corner.
2: But when it's done, it's done. done.
1: Even as a kid, it, it didn't carry with me after the end of the movie. Oh. It was completely different to that, and I think there's a very specific reason why, and I think it's why the original works so well, and well, one no, of the reasons why the new one works so well as well, is because I'm going to create another example about something else that scared me. I was scared about the legend of the Mothman when I was a little kid, that urban legend. Here we go again. Oh my gosh.
2: Because this is a whole like this is a whole conversation. I'll, I'll
1: keep it brief, I'll keep it brief. Um, but I had been uh, I was looking at some, through some kids book about American monsters, saw that, got really scared for some reason, that one whatever struck a chord. And I knew the Mothman wasn't real, but I was still afraid of him. So I created a set of rules that would protect me from him. Like when I, would go to, when I would go to sleep, the way I'd be safe from him when I was asleep is I decided that the Mothman was afraid to touch a human head <laughs> and afraid to touch blankets. So as long as I slept with, safe. The, slept with the blankets completely up to my neck, I would be fine. And it didn't matter if it was the dead of summer. I was sweating, whatever, but I was okay. I did
2: that same exact thing when I went to bed. The same exact thing, except I thought a witch was after me. I had to have my bed up against the wall, and if it was like an inch or a foot away, then she was going to sl- slink through that crack and grab me. Mm-hmm. But if I slept with just my face showing through the covers, I was safe. Doesn't, doesn't make any sense. Doesn't make any sense. And you can't move either. You're just laying there with your face out. And you're safe. Yeah,
1: but so so it was a thing where I created the fear and I created the the solution to to it, and that's what, what I think. What's really interesting about it is, you know, its power. The creature, Pennywise, its power comes from people's fear. He can't feed right. on you unless you are afraid, and he can't hurt you unless you believe in him. Unless that, if you're not afraid of him, he can't. You're. He, his power, his power over you is
0: harmless. That's why all the adults are safe.
1: Right, or, the, or at least most of them are. If anyone has an inkling, but
2: it's also like they choose not to see it. Like right, they've grown yeah, up. Yeah, they've got but, bigger
0: fish to fry. Right. But, got, but jobs and insurance. Yeah. Yeah, right, bills but yeah, but he has
1: to. But he has to he has to play off of your belief of him. If you don't, right. if you're not afraid of him, and you don't have a belief of him. He can't hurt you. And it was the same thing with you know my fear of Mothman. I knew Mothman wasn't real. But he was making you, my fear of him turned my stomach. It kept me up at night. It caused a physical.
2: Holy moly! It
1: caused a physical reaction to me. It physically hurt me, and it was the same with it. It's physically hurting, kidding, hurting like, me, really listening to this. Um,
0: <laughs> <laughs> but let's not let's not dismiss the existence of the Mothman. I wouldn't say that the Mothman doesn't exist. Oh my god! I, there's still a <laughs> Shit, question. Don't start of, this. Oh my god. Don't start this. Oh man! <laughs> uh, you were <laughs> saying about the this fictional clown.
1: Oh right. So that's by me. Like I think that's why it struck such a chord with me and with other people too, and why it's endured so much is because it plays off of it plays off of your individual fears more than anything else. Right. You know more than an external thing. Like here's a boogeyman. Here's a boogeyman that's inside of you. Well, you know? and
2: not to bring up the book, my apologies, but it's mentioned that it loves being like tormenting like earthlings because like it's the first time that it has experienced imagination so then its form can take like any it's just like you know the world is its oyster in a way like it can do anything and feed off of this imagination and this fear and everything's so delicious because of imagination Mm. and maybe that's why it's like mostly children because there's a myth that adults don't have imag- imagination when they grow
0: Okay, up. Stephen King, we get it. Well, it's also, about you. You're well, also, a writer. Also,
1: too, and like in the history though, when they talk about the history of dairy and they talk about disasters and like the it attacks before it well, did well, let, past- me, let me
0: stop you yeah. right there. Every time they say something about the history of dairy, did you think they were talking about like cheese? milk and cheese <laughs> and was. sour cream? And I was like, how did somebody die making cheese? <laughs> <laughs> this is the dairy gold
1: history. Oh. <laughs> But no, when they talk about it, the further they go into the past, the more adults uh, it is responsible for killing. But it's also going back into a time when there was more superstition, more people believed in ghosts and, right. and witches and werewolves and stuff. And the more they get into the modern time, his his prey becomes progressively younger and younger and younger. You know? Yeah, as
0: the age of nonsense faded, then yeah. the age of reason he became took yeah, he, he, like well he fell
1: more into the game less powerful over yeah. adults not that he had no power but they were his victims far less and know?
0: now in the age of the internet where people are into like slender man and um online poker and superstitious things like that it's a resurgence yeah
2: yeah I know, i'm glad this wasn't made in modern times for, I mean, like, oh, you mean just, the, the time yeah, setting. I was like, it was made, it was literally made in this past course, year. Yeah. The new ring movie is disgusting. You have to watch like a YouTube clip and then you die in seven days. Fuck off. No.
1: Oh, yeah, that's pretty lame. I, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I've watched YouTube
0: clips and almost died several times afterwards. Oh. Well, there's something more, more fun and exciting. Like, there's more of a sick thrill of like oh, you get to pick the person you give this tape to because you're essentially killing them. Yeah, Yeah, whereas, yeah. Like, now people mindlessly send stupid links and tag their friends in videos and Mm -hmm. all kinds of bullshit. I'm...
1: Whenever I tag them in front of a
0: video, I'm trying to murder them. Yeah. Okay. That's it, it. hasn't worked yet, but you that's know a weird things. <laughs> so, <when laughs> so when you tag Frances in like a, a like a recipe online for like fettuccine, you're like, Well <laughs> no, this'll no.
1: be the one. Yeah, I I'm, I'm gonna kill her with uh I cholesterol. Di-
2: I'm, yeah, I'm dying from fettuccine overdose. Like, <laughs> yeah. That's oh, yeah. not a secret. <laughs> Eventually you'll get heart disease. Yes, <laughs> yeah.
1: Come on, Keith. Um, and
2: anyway, sorry, I took it off course a little bit with no, that's that, fine. but um talk about
0: it it 2017 well, keith what did you like about it this movie is about kids which i love kids they're so fascinating in their their little habits and rituals and they don't have anything to do they don't have responsibilities they, they have nothing but free time and so look
2: for their in their little
0: delusional minds they can make up all sorts of terrifying things like a A a cosmic clown that's going to eat every one of their friends. Imagine having that much space in your life. Like, you have so little going on that you can make up this fantastical idea and even, like, go so far as to execute it. Mm -hmm. I guess what I'm trying to say here is that there is no clown. It's just these sick little kids killing all their friends. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Like, the clown is the clown, guys.
1: Um, Francis, what did you like about it?
2: Um, well, like I mentioned earlier, I was, uh, I was really worried about seeing it. Um, because, you know, I didn't want to be too critical of it. And I like, I love coming of age stories. I like, it's might be, you know, definitely top three genres of movies. I've had to, had to pick anything or books, anything. I just love them. Uh, I'm, I was really excited about the cast that they picked for the kids. It was just, I have nothing bad to say about the actors. I was really excited oh. about that. but If I may interject yes, on that.
0: The problem I had, and this is a minor gripe, but a lot of the kids just kind of look the same.
2: I I've, I've, remember you saying this before. Like,
0: There's not a whole lot of visual distinction between a handful Did of the kids. Did you
2: have a hard time separating them?
0: I mean, not. I mean. They just looked like a bunch of little kids. Eventually, their looks became uh, much more distinct uh, through some kind of transformations they went through. But um, a few of the kids were just like kind of the same, like slightly long hair, brunette, skinny kid. And.
1: I feel like you just, just described what children generally
0: look like. <laughs> and they all have hair. You know?
2: That's no, true. They like,
1: outside. I was like, I saw this little skinny kid with
0: some hair.
2: Well, well the other thing is, I mean, why don't we think about where this story takes place? That's true. It takes place yeah. in Maine. It takes place in a small town in Maine, like, on a river. It's not, like, a big city with a lot of different people. Like, the, I mean, the story, like, there's a big, there's a lot of racism in the town, too, where... Right. These, this group of people are just like telling the one black family, like, you don't belong here. You have to get out. Like, I wish I had killed your parents. I wish it was me. Right. You know, like, so, and it's not like they have these big fashions going through. Like, I mean, it was the eighties and even the the teenage girls were just like looking like Tiffany. Right. It wasn't. Well, that's
0: a good point. Yeah. But.
2: I I hear you. (laughs) I mean, it's, it's six white kids. Yeah. One's a girl. And then there's one, a uh, one boy that's black. Like that's yeah. If well, then then even the girl the of it,
0: when the girl sh- cuts yeah. her hair, her hair is similar to like three of the boys' <laughs> haircuts. That's true. Which you know it could have been a little different, Was but it, like I said, that's a minor gripe. I will say this though, my favorite, uh, like visually, like my favorite kid has to cast, is Eddie. Yeah. yeah, with not just with the cast and being covered in goo by the end of the movie, but. Uh, also, his giant adult-sized man head. What? Like, I
2: thought he had a tiny head. He
0: looked like a grown... Like, he had the face and hair and just, like, the look of a grown man on a child's body. But that's body.
2: perfect because that's the character. Exactly. Yeah, right.
0: that's why it was executed so well. Like, here's this, like, this kid being, like, compartmentalized and, and held, like, like hermetically sealed up mm-hmm. from the world by his mom. Mm-hmm. And he's, like, maturing and growing. Like in one way, but then in other ways, he's being like held back. Yeah, and it like physically shows. Well, That's I
1: think good. I think it's better that they kind of went with more subtle differences, physical differences between them, because when we look at a lot of these, these type of movies, uh, like the kids on a mission movie, because in a lot of ways, this is an adventure movie as well as a horror movie. Totally. Um, it's like there's a lot of things similar to it about the Goonies or like Monster Squad or something like me. that. Stand by me, and. Uh, so many of those more the mighty ducks, mighty ducks, <laughs> those more playful, like just kind of like fun, you know, fun, goofy movies. They always have like this kid's the tough one, and this one's oh yeah, they're these very like broadly painted archetypes, right. and that works. Like a boy band, right?
2: The perfect boy band. <laughs> yeah, it's like he's the
1: ugly one. He's the one, blonde <laughs> one. Yeah, this one wears a leather jacket, it has sunglasses, and he's yeah. cool, and like. That works really well in some of those more simple, goofy movies. But in this movie, that kind of takes that same those some of the same structures as, as those stories, but tries to plant them into more. Uh, even I mean, I don't say realistic because there's clown monsters and stuff. But if there was clown monsters in the real world type well, of thing... well, they're a little more complex. Exactly, you know, and it's like if they were, if they did have more of those obvious, you know, like this is this kid that is that right. kid it would kind of it would kind of take away from well, the credibility and the realism of the story
2: right and that's the point of their relationship is that they're so in, i mean in, they're so incredibly entwined with each other and they like if, physically well uh, if we're talking about the book yeah we can get into that <laughs> fucking weird shit but like the because there's a child orgy in the book. F- What's well, not an orgy? It's, it's a train. <laughs> it was going to be in the movie. <laughs> um they have to it's the lucky 7. They have to be together in order to defeat it. Right. So I don't know, maybe that plays into them all kind of looking the same. Um
0: Sure. And I mean, I'm I'm not that's not like lost on me because right. obviously I like Elliot because we look similar. Oh. Mm-hmm. So it's it's just like that's how you choose your friends in a lot of cases. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. People like people who look like them, a uh, sleazy salesman uh, training me once said. Interesting. Yeah. He was teaching me sales techniques, and that was one. He's like, dress like the customers.
2: What? Cut your hair like the customers.
0: Groom your beard like the customers. Because people like people who look like them. And then I went the exact opposite <laughs> way and like just went wild and was still successful. And yeah,
2: I don't think he knew what he was talking about. Yeah, Sounds well that's like fun. Egomaniac. Um, that's fun. I was joking. Oh. Um,
0: but enough about me. Um,
2: I think okay. So also, I was worried about Pennywise. I was worried about Bill Skarsgard. But Billy skateboard. Billy skateboard. Um, it he. Holy moly. That was, that was amazing. And I, what I like a lot about these, like these horror movies that are coming out recently is that you get to see the monster. Cause like growing up this horror movies that came out when I was a kid, like, it was all like someone's peeking through the window who's that in the darkness like you don't get right. to see the monster but that's what it's all about and i understand that that's its own fear there but i want to see it well now I you see have you scaring me
0: you have <laughs> they're showing the monster so much that you have a giant version of it jumping out of a projector it, true. right at you or you have it like screaming towards you uh, or doing like dancing yeah. a jig on see, a stage
2: see and that's where I was a little on the fence about that. I think it, some of it was a little too much, and it wasn't. It I did I wasn't scared in the end. I think know? at
0: one point they just said, "Hey, we've got a winner." Yeah. Take a look at this. Yeah. G- get ready because we're gonna put him on a on a miniature stage and have him dance for you because we're so fucking excited <laughs> about this clown.
2: <laughs> yeah, I didn't like all the running at you.
0: Like there was a there was
2: a little too many.
1: I camera. did li- I did like how you know he would sw- switch from how quickly he would switch from like doing Things something sweet. goofy yeah. to just like, I'm like at you. I'm coming for you. I'm going to kill you. I'm going to rip you to shreds. Well,
0: that's interesting. You say that because the, the opening sequence is like the big, like iconic scene that everyone knows the mm-hmm. clown in the sewer yeah. talking to the little boy. But I'd say Pennywise doesn't really find his footing as a character until later in the movie, because in that first sequence, this sort of voice acting is like all over the map it's it's i like that though it's like he was still finding his voice he wavers from like doing a like weird impression of tim curry to finding his own identity as this like terrifying clown
1: well i think also though it's when he's when he he, he uses a different throughout the movie he uses different voices in different situations and when he first sees georgie he uses more of a goofy playful voice and then starts getting creepier and like you know it's like cuz he's like he's like okay i got to i got to got to get enough of this kid's trust to lure him into the sewer but i also have to have him be afraid at the same sure. time and i you liked
0: know? i liked his silly like giggly like clown voice i thought that was the creepiest mm-hmm. aspect of the character and i thought the low sort of guttural like switch mm-hmm. uh, was also effective but then there was also the like and it really is only in that first scene that he's sort of like doing the Tim Curry impression and it's like very like like sloppy and kind of like hard to understand and mm-hmm. I don't know something about it just didn't work for me but then once you get past that the rest of the movie everything is really like dialed in
1: yeah i think for for me Skarsgård's performance really worked you know 95% of the time uh and i think that he yeah, was I was a some big shoes to fill in the in the shadows of Tim Curry's clown performance. shoes clown shoes yeah uh, no pun intended those are big shoes but intended um, you know it's was like I think his performance is so iconic it was it's impossible not to go into the movie and thinking about that before you see him but ultimately not not very long after the movie started rolling I was not thinking or comparing mm-hmm. it to Tim Tim Curry's performance anymore and it was definitely standing on its own. I do wish there had been a little bit more like we just you talked about the jump scares and stuff. And I did like I said, I did like how we would do the switch from being goofy and sweet to like I'm literally running at you to eat you. Yeah. But I could have done with a little bit less out of a few less jump scares. And I would have liked a little bit more of just like him taunting the kids. And, you know, like, you know, like I felt like whenever he saw the kids right now, he was trying to get them and, uh In the original, you know, in the miniseries, there's more times where he's like, okay, well, I'll be back for you. I'll see you later. Yeah, it was psychological mind games. You know, it was like, he was, it was like cat and mouse. He was having such a, he was having not just a, he just didn't want to kill them. He was having so much fun tormenting them that he want, he wanted to make it last as long as it could as well. And he would even risk them getting away, you know, if he could have that thrill time so I wish there'd been a little bit more of that um
0: yeah the nightmare imagery was really the strength of the movie like I remember in the theater all around me people were were reacting strongly to the jump scares and pennywise getting in your face and rushing the camera but for me personally the best stuff was like when he comes out of the fridge and like yeah. untangles himself oh, yeah. and like unwinds and when the eyeballs kind mm-hmm. of move from the side into yeah. uh the center of the frame and uh and even the like specific nightmares that the kids have, like Mike's nightmare outside the butcher shop, mm-hmm. and then um, uh, Beverly's nightmare in the bathroom, uh, was that stuff was just off the chart. Great, see, Great.
2: I agree. Did I cut you off?
0: No, I stopped.
2: Okay, <laughs> that's just up here. Um, if if the monster or demon or whatever of it grabs your like biggest fear so it's mike's parents watching his yeah trapped inside the building uh bill and georgie um uh richie and clowns um i didn't understand like what's ben's he read a book and got scared by it and then that's what gets him cuz he was reading the history book about the Kitchener Ironworks right well, I think and it was chased by a headless boy I think it was just like, in that
1: moment cuz like he in that moment when he was in the library and that was he was like he got scared he was like oh look this here is all these pictures of these okay, deformed kids sense. so it was in that and he was and he was kind of also just discovering oh, I just figured it out he was just discovering the history of dairy. cuz I was you know?
2: yeah and then I was going to ask like okay Beverly cut her hair. It fell down the drain, and then it grabs her from the drain, like she's afraid of her hair. But then I just thought about it. Like, do you do you? I already asked Elliot this, but do you think in this movie her dad raped her? One hundred percent. I think what, that was that's the exact reaction I have gotten yeah. from everybody. I, yeah. But and that's why she cut her hair off because he. That's what makes her a girl, his girl, and that's what attacked her. Right. I just worked. Her oh, out definitely. In my mind. Yeah. It's creepy. See, this I feel like this got way more psychological on the kids than the. Book or the miniseries did? Yeah, I mean, definitely. The I didn't and I didn't feel a connection between George and Bill until this movie. Like it well, just feels way more uh, thought out. I guess. The, yeah, the,
1: in the miniseries, the, the like what scares you? That's why it, it, it's it's a, it's in such superficial. I was like, I saw a, wh- a werewolf movie. Right.
0: So there's a werewolf coming after. Right. Me. It's very like, you like pure sort of like you know kid
1: fears. You know, it's not. It's yeah. It doesn't really tap into their. Yeah, and deepest, I... Keep his darkest, yeah. And,
2: and, like, while, like, in the book, I guess a lot of the kids had, like, I mean, they weren't... Their lives weren't that great. But in the movie, like, they made uh, the string through the kids. Like, they didn't have the greatest family Yeah, lives. tragedy
0: was what joined them together. Yeah, mm-hmm.
2: and I think that that was a lot more cohesive and well thought out.
0: Absolutely. One thing I thought was
1: really kind of cool about this movie, and I, I was it was just like the general tone and style because, you know, obviously they, the movie takes place in the eighties and, but was made now. Um, and what's really cool about it is it feels totally in place then. And now it doesn't feel like a throwback, you know, but it totally feel like I was kind of trying to think of another movie to compare it to. And what came to my mind was like Raiders of the lost ark, mm-hmm. you know, which is obviously like this movie made in the style of a, you know, forties adventures movie. And it has all the, the tropes of those, but it, still totally feels like an 80s movie as well and this movie takes place in the 80s and and feels very much 80s late 80s feels very much of that time but still feels like a, a current movie at the same time it doesn't feel like it's a um like I said a throwback or too much winking and be like hey check it out it's yeah. I mean, there's moments, obviously, right. but it's not in, uh, not the in over the... over the
2: moments make sense in their, like, everyday lives. Exactly, within the like context. Like Mortal Kombat, because it's a new right. game. Right. But it's
0: not Street like... Street Fighter. Shit. That's okay. <laughs> Sorry. That was actually kind of, like, not a hallmark of that time. That was kind of a deep-cut type reference, because most people don't know the Street original Fighter. Stry- Street Fighter. They know Street Fighter Two, mm-hmm. which came out in, like... 1990 or 91 something like that and was popular in arcades but the original street fighter wasn't that they could have actually picked a better game than that but whatever man whatever man who cares that's a tiny nitpick because this movie fucking ruled that's true okay well you said nitpick what didn't you like about the movie oh i mean i had a few nitpicks like that but um um Mm, this is all good stuff. Man, that was fucking awesome. What a good movie. Oh, I'd say one of my biggest gripes, actually, that I eventually came to terms with was uh, the wisecracking nonsense of Richie. Because I get that he's, like, the comedian, but a lot of his jokes and comments were, like, really antagonistic and kind of... what
1: well, is his defense
0: mechanism. ...overbearing. I totally get it, but, yeah. like, a lot of them were out of nowhere... And just like it's like he had nothing else to bring to the table, and he was almost written like an American Pie movie. Yeah. So I could, it just got tiresome for me at a point. And they also kept interjecting those jokes in uh, scary or tense moments to offer like some levity. But a lot of times, like I thought it was detracting. Like they could have just let the tension like do its thing versus there... like trying to get that stupid laugh.
1: There was a couple moments. Uh, I felt like that about where he was like me jokes in the tense moments, particularly at the end, where you're, like after it falls down the down the well or whatever. And they def- they think they've defeated it. And he goes like, well, I know what I'm writing my what I did in my summer. Yeah, that one was gar- eventually see. Yeah, it's just it ran out of steam. But what I did. But I, what I really did like so in, in contrast that in most of the tense moments, though. I liked how much the kids were freaking the fuck out. Yeah, you know, that like, was really. They hard. were screaming, terrified. In it so almost many, was like ad lib. Yeah, too. in in so many of these horror movies, you know, like when people, particularly when it's children in horror movies, should be just like, what the fuck's happening? They're just like way too much on the ball. You know, like they're like they're just like, oh what? Oh no! Like you know, they're not like they're not losing their shit. And these kids, oh, I liked man. how much kids lost their shit in this.
2: I think, like. Like this is just gonna annoy you how much I keep talking about the book, but the, like, Richie was pulled back ninety nine percent in the movie from the book. Like he was fucking annoying and like hard to like. That sounds like a nightmare. Personally, his impressions were like racist and awful and like just not what you like. It's just why is this a? There's nothing redeeming about him. There, I mean, he's a redeeming sweet person you like him but but his thing his shtick was like a little over the top um and then it makes you think like okay well there's these subtle differences between each character like but everyone has their personality beverly's tough bill's the leader mike uh you know is like the 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 last person to join that creates Mm -hmm. the, the bond ben's the smart one uh Eddie's the warrior stands clean and then Richie's the joker the clown the you know, the guy that just wants everything to be easy going so I mean when you're adapting something from a book you can tweak those characters a little bit but it, the fact that they kept him trash mouth they kept him the jokester to lighten the mood I think also plays like gives situations more tension like, when they're in the, like, square or park or whatever. And uh, Stan is talking about how he sees that he keeps seeing this woman. And Richie's like, oh, is she hot? And he's like, no, she's she's not hot. Like, this this is real. This is happening. We have to talk about this. Like, I feel like that made that, his joke made the situation more serious. Does that make sense?
0: Yes, and I actually liked that scene because I was right there with him. I was like, shut up, Richie. Right. This is serious. Yeah. Get the hell out of here.
2: Yeah, and it, I mean, it's... You know, the a big theme of the story is how these kids work together and how they like love each other and care about each other and and play off of each other, and it's are young children facing something that you have like you you probably would never be prepared for even if you were an adult. So they're forced to grow up before they're ready to grow up, um, and for Richie having like being such a jokester. They have to put it into like the beep beep Richie, which they they don't say in the movie except only Pennywise says it once, but they tell him to shut up. They're just like shut up Richie. They're having to like push him into this place of you have to grow up, you have to take this seriously. Um, I feel like I just went on a whole it a, rant yeah, you're that, really enabling was, his yeah, his it was, destructive I, behavior. I think it, so Richie rant. I think it's it's part it, it's needed. I, yeah. I guess because it it makes it it you know you have to
0: i think yeah i just think they could have picked their shots a little bit better like and more deliberately pretty
2: much all i loved pretty much all of them like and i i like i could watch a show that's just richie and eddie like Mm. because i liked the old couple relationship that they had um i mean on the other side it's like eddie is eddie could be annoying too he's like worried about everything he's like you know, taking all these pills, telling people they can't touch this or they can't touch that cuz they'll get AIDS. Like
0: Oh yeah.
1: Wow. That, that's accurate. That though. was
0: perfect. That was the most right incredible shape. piece of like I'm regurgitating some nonsense that my an adult told me. Yeah. Well, Francis, what did what didn't you like about it or was there anything you didn't like about it?
2: Um, I mean, <laughs> coming at it from what from reading the book is hard to answer that question without you know just saying well this was in the book and this was not well yeah but just based on what i i don't i i what i don't what i feel like they kind of brushed aside was the story of the bullies Mm. like i wish we could have spent a little bit more time with that because this is a this is a story where these this group of kids are being chased on both sides like by their peers and then by this monster and then also like some of them are just ignored and looked over by their parents so they're like getting all this shit from every side. And uh while the story of like the parents isn't really that interesting, I I kind of wish we could have seen Henry's descent into madness a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um I do like that they included the scene of him murdering his father because that was like the first step where like holy shit, this guy like he's possessed, he's insane, like that those two things together is just going to create he was like the conduit of Pennywise. Yeah. To torture and torment even more, but he was defeated too quickly. I didn't I thought he should have been there a little bit more.
0: I was only half listening to that, but it sounded oh, like it sounded like you're describing the plot of Freddy versus Jason.
2: Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I was. That's what we Henry were talking about, Henry right? Bowers right. is
0: Jason. Pennywise is Freddy. And no, Francis thought we've literally just been talking about. Fr- that's what I've been talking about. That's whole the movie time. she watched. Was Oh, movies. is that why you keep saying
1: "place your bets"?
2: <laughs> yes. <laughs> Got it.
1: Um, let's see. I feel like uh, I guess I kind of mentioned most of the things that I that I had small gripes with. Uh, one thing that I thought could have been improved upon, and I guess we probably should have said at the beginning of this 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 episode is spoiler heavy. But at the end, in the final f- confrontation with it. Uh one thing I think the mini series did a little bit better was remember if you recall in the mini series they they had like they brought the Richie brought his mom silver earrings yeah. to use the in, the slingshot oh, yeah. and they're like it's silver we can kill it right and that was a that was such a great scene that was such a great idea because once again it's playing off your fears and your beliefs and if you believe right this will hurt it it will hurt it yeah you
2: Werewolf, then you can kill it with silver exactly
1: right. you know and that, that was a great symbolic weapon when they went in to go fight it. And then in this one, they don't have that. And they're pretty much just like hitting it with pipes and stuff. Yeah. And uh, like, you know, uh, bricks and rocks. A baseball bat. And it doesn't have that same power. Now, ultimately, they still defeat it the same way by discovering it. It's like, if we're not afraid of you, you can't hurt us. But it didn't have that, that symbolic trigger that the, that the silver earrings right. had. So, I mean, that's... I mean that's a pretty minor thing. I, I think most of my my gripes with it are are pretty minor. You know. Yeah, but. that
0: was actually one of my favorite scenes when they're fighting it, and as each member of the Losers Club squares off with it, turns it. to what it's afraid. Yeah, of. It's, yeah, it's yeah transforming into those different and there's, fears.
2: There's a nod in the book from the to the book in that scene too, because in the book Ben first sees it as the mummy, and then it turns into the mummy when it's grabbing Ben in the yeah. movie. I liked that part too.
0: yeah it's 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 weird how stuff like that really has such a big impact like it's because it's obviously very thoughtful and it Mm -hmm. like it makes you excited like Mm -hmm. that's the kind of stuff i get i don't care about like pennywise like flying out of something and and jolting me like i care about like exciting images like
2: and the tiny things yeah exactly
0: even though i'm not particularly afraid of clowns for obvious reasons
2: 'Cause you're but currently like dressed clown. as a clown. Right. Like I now. look
0: I am a clown in training. Uh but the scene with uh was it Richie's nightmare that was clowns? Yes. Yes. That's oh man, him fearing the very thing that he would become amazing. That's poetry.
2: Like he said he's afraid of clowns, but, but you no, know, you're actually afraid he, of dying.
0: He is a clown, but yeah, he's afraid right. to die. Yeah. He's um, afraid
2: of like facing his own fear. His mortality, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's why he's always joking around. Sure. I know that feeling. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> but um, his nightmare uh, with the clown dolls was fantastic, and the the like icing on the cake was that small child sized casket with um, the poster inside mm-hmm. of him missing. Mm-hmm. That was incredible. Found. That was great. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, It was really well done.
1: Well, okay, so let's let's see. We've gone over what we like, don't like. Uh, We've talked about Keith being dressed as a clown final thoughts on it. How, How would you rate it rank it in? The Stephen King. Man, I
0: could talk about this movie for probably hours. Yeah, I same. have a whole entire list of... The entire climax. I like know,
2: I'm thinking about, like, you're now you're, like, wrapping it up, but, like, wait, I haven't talked about half of what I want to talk about. Yeah,
0: the column of floating people. That was one thing that was never... That was perfect! Okay, never that, addressed yes. in the original. It was, like, why they... Why he kept floating. talking about things floating in reference to balloons, but then, like, the payoff was in this, the, like, mm-hmm. column of right. floating kids just, like, hypnotized and, and like... Well, that and was...
2: seeing, like, it's home. I mean, obviously he goes down that tunnel. What's down there, we don't know yet. But, Wait. like, that's where he's, like, taking all of his victims. Right. And he's feeding his lair. off of that. I mean, I don't know why. It's...
1: Well, that, that was something that drove me nuts in the original one is where, like, that in the original miniseries, Georgie goes, oh, do the balloons float? And he goes, yeah, they float. They all float down here. Yeah. And then he keeps saying that to everyone else as if they're in on the joke. Right, if they know what he's talking about. No one about. else was there. It's not, It's an inside joke that, that he's using to torment the kids, but they don't know what it means. I if, wonder it, if
0: it was like an uh, effects limitation at the time.
1: Well, is that, is that part in the book with no. the floating children? Oh. I think that maybe was just some one of du- Stephen King's like dumb little... Uh, because he has all those little, like, sayings and stuffs in his writing, yeah. you know, that he, like, gets hung up on. And this was their way of explaining something that just didn't, like, narratively make a lot of sense, you yeah. know. So that was a, an improvement on the source
0: material, I think, right there.
2: Yeah, it was really creepy, too.
0: Yeah, and then also the, um, the look of Pennywise when he's about to feed... How the, like, rows and rows, like, hundreds eye, of rows like, of teeth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the deadlights showing up yeah. in the back oh, of his throat. great. Finally, the deadlights. Oh,
2: my God, like, done well.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: Instead of just, like, throwing a flashlight through across yeah, the screen. Yeah, just like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> and, um. Yeah, because in, like, in the miniseries, when Henry sees the deadlights, his hair turns white. And it's just so hokey, but this makes... This is better. Like, well, the way they did it, I thought it was more realistic i guess yeah if that makes i mean sense.
0: if it was like the 50s or something then they, yeah the hair turning white would have been totally fine but yeah we're modern people from the future we don't we go are. in for that bullshit yeah. it's,
2: uh it's hard for me to talk about this because i just want to compare it to the book that's fine because i just noticed that's, like that's, all the nuggets and i guess you call them easter eggs
1: that's part of the that's a part of the great perspective is like, that you have read the book uh,
2: well but the it's yeah, the only
0: reason you're here
2: I know well Elliot needed a ride <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's true
2: um the mentions of the turtle were like little nuggets that. oh yeah dropping the lego
0: the lego turtle
2: and uh like when they're swimming in the quarry they're like oh there's a turtle down there but I and like to anybody else seeing that scene they might be like what the fuck who like oh it's just a turtle like they're just swimming and hanging out but it's like it's like a little nod to the book which, yeah. Book, 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 book.
1: We get That's it. You I like time. to read. <laughs> nerd! You fucking nerd!
2: Actually, I this last month I listened to it. Like, I had, I, I had to revisit it and I listened to it on audiobook, read by Stephen Weber, and it was fucking awful. That guy sucks. Really? I oh feel my like Stephen Weber would be okay at an audiobook nope. reading. Nope. No. Nope. Huh. No, Elliot listened to some of it too. It's So bad, it made me think that I hated every Stephen King book. Wow! (laughs) Like
1: you'd also read already read this, and you were like questioning if if I was like, do
2: I like it? And then I stopped listening, and I like finished reading it, and it was. But it was a book, yeah. It was
1: it was part. It was a a book you'd read before, and you're like, you're like, oh, this sucks now. Like I never liked this book.
2: Stephen Weber, thanks a lot, Stephen Weber.
0: Man, shout out to Stephen Weber. Speaking of uh, hatred, uh, did you notice that the actor who played Eddie looked an awful lot like Whit Hertford, your old nemesis? Yeah, I did notice that, and I
1: also noticed that uh, on the marquee was Nightmare on Elm Street Five: The Dream
0: Child, the best one, also starring <laughs> Whit Hertford, that little <laughs> fucking piece of shit. Coincidence, Whit? If you're listening to this,
2: he's not. He's not.
0: He might be.
1: No, he's he's, he's blocked me on all forms of social media. So yeah, but he still probably is like. Mm. He probably checks up on me sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Dude, what do you what do you got to say about this, huh?
2: Wow. Yeah, you told him.
1: <laughs> no, I just really want to know what he has to say. Yeah, oh, come okay, on, Witt. Yeah. speak up. You know? Let's let's hear what he always to you.
0: He, he always just blocks me on the internet.
1: He never actually confronts me.
0: Yeah, it'd be really nice like, to hear you guys I, hash it. Am out. Am I
1: your Pennywise?
2: That's not his face. No, I his... think
0: I think that you're his turtle. Oh. And he's Pennywise. Oh.
2: So you're just enemies.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Naturally occurring enemies.
2: Um, yeah, it was a pretty good movie. It was very good. Yeah. I enjoyed it very much. I would even see it again in the theater. I would
1: probably see it again in the theater as well. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I would rank this very high on the in the realm of Stephen King adaptations. You know, and normally I, I often... I'm, I'm not that quick to put something in a ranking, even no matter how much I like it at the beginning, just because, like, well, I liked it right now, but it, I watched it six months from now, I may not lose some of the thrill. And I really don't feel like that's going to happen with this. I think this is really going to... I think it will just grow with me, because after leaving the theater the first time, I liked it more and more the more I thought about it. I enjoyed watching it the second time, you know, two days later, even more than the first time. I didn't... It, there was no... Loss and thrill of oh i haven't seen this before i was only gaining on picking up all the other things about it so i think this will be one that just grows and grows and grows for me um, so i would yeah i put it
0: right at the top of stephen king adaptations this movie redefines the children in danger subgenre. One hundred percent. and it does it in the right out of the gate in the opening scene where georgie gets his arm ripped off uh right in front of us in the mm-hmm. foreground and then uh, crawls around with a bleeding stump, and then gets sucked into the sewer.
2: Yeah, and then you're like, "Oh, this movie's scary." Not,
0: n- never have I been so shocked at a violent act against a child since *Alien vs. Predator Requiem*. <laughs> have you seen this movie? I saw. I did see part they of it. They slap a face hugger onto a small child, and then they've got aliens popping out of the kid. Ew. Incredible. Incredible. That. they threatened us with that in the 80s and it didn't fly That's and then true. everyone thought about it again in the 90s and it didn't happen but here in 2017
2: like let's harm kids it's on uh that actor was awesome too I'm always amazed when there's oh like Georgie really actor? young kids who are who can like actually like all the I th- all the children are real actors really well yeah but I'm just t- like yeah. calling him out because he's the youngest gotcha. he's really, really
0: oh oh speaking of age gaps, what the hell is going on with Ben and Beverly? Because he looks like he's about eight years younger than okay, she is. So yes.
1: I was, I actually thought this too. And I was like watching. She it.
0: looked like she was in like at her first year in college.
1: Yeah. What? I, yes. I, I agree. And I was like, I was like, and I was like, yeah, he looks like he's eight. She looks like she's 20. Yeah. And I was like, so I actually looked it up. She's, 13 he's like 12 or 13 wow they're the same yeah. he's
0: such a baby face it reminded he, me yeah
2: he's a baby face i don't think she looks like she's 20 it reminded me of Yours the weird. of the don't make an excuse for this the romantic tension
0: <laughs> in a uh, blank check between oh, dude, the disgusting. rich kid and the fbi agent That
2: was fucking weird. why would they do that
0: i have no idea why would a grown woman kiss a small child even no matter how disgustingly rich he is or charming oh, and, and charismatic it makes you think, I guess. and pure of heart.
2: <laughs> I did feel uncomfortable when Ben kissed Beverly though, just because I was like, ugh, what? I don't want to see that. I don't want to see that.
0: Yeah, it was weird because he w- it was a very like
2: closed lip, He just went, mm, like touch. It was
0: like then... I don't know. I felt like it was a solid like he kind of knew what he was doing, but no, it's like eh, as such a young-looking child, like for him to think, well, if I make this romantic gesture, it's going to cure her catatonic state. Or her like, mm-hmm. her being trapped in the deadlights, which is that's such a f- far reach that I can't even wrap my head around it. I don't know. We don't give maybe we don't give Ben enough credit. I definitely don't give Ben enough credit.
2: I really wish that the movie had spent more time building up bonds between the kids. I see. I feel, like I think I feel that, that the fine. six of them got pretty close, but then Mike's there and he's like, "Hey, I'm here. We're all best friends now." Well, yeah,
0: and also the kid Stanley didn't really seem like he fit in because he was one of the losers and had problems, but he didn't really seem like super tight. He was ready to abandon ship and throw everybody to the wolves at any point.
2: When? Oh, like when Pennywise was like, he kept trying leave? to quit. He's like, uh, yeah, I don't know he guys. He didn't want to be there at all. Right. But <sighs> Here's like the thing,
1: man, I definitely, in this situation, if this, if I was in this situation, again, I would definitely would have been Stanley. Every time everyone was like, let's go in the store. I'd be like, uh, no, no,
2: but I think like regardless of how like like bonded like how good of friends they were, he still was like he was still scared. Like that's right. believable. I also,
1: I also think that was very. They did a good job of ingraining that in his personality. He was, you know, while the other ones had like their you know Bill stuttered and uh, uh, Eddie was uh, you know a type of contract, and Richie was afraid of, afraid of facing the future. You know, under just reality, Stanley was the one who was just most unsure of himself in general. Yeah. You know, I mean, like they showed him like he's practicing for his uh, bar mitzvah, and he's, you know, he's. He just he's, does he's, things
0: because people tell him to. Do right, it.
1: and he's, but he also feels like he. He also feels like he's not good at anything. You know, he has, he has, he has definitely has the least confidence overall. I feel out of any of them. You know, and uh, I think that kind of plays into his why he
0: might be as the more subdued and i didn't get
1: that i i I did yeah
0: the ironic part is that he proved everyone right like how stupid of an idea it was to pursue this this sort of war with pennywise when in the sewer he gets his face sucked off by yeah the lady from the painting yeah and he's screaming about how they left him alone and they abandoned him because they did
2: i like that was good
0: yeah also, here's a goofy trivia tidbit. The lady from the painting is the supernatural creature from uh, Mama. Uh-huh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, see, well,
2: and he based, I think, doesn't Andy, was it Muschietti? Muschietti? Yeah. He bases He based those off of, like, Modigliani paintings. Oh. Because they're so creepy and fucking freaky that I think, like, that was something that scared him. Yeah. And then he used that in Mama, and then I think that's, it's probably something that he's gonna use again in another movie that's really interesting it is truly frightening yeah
0: i didn't really get it at first like i felt like i was supposed to understand the significance of this mm-hmm. and i kept looking for clues but i wasn't finding like anything. why that painting yeah, yeah and i didn't really like story-wise i didn't really connect the dots but then mm-hmm. reading after the movie yeah. i sort of figured out based on his
2: i really like that about him that like it's not just like demons or ghosts it's like this is something that is in real life that you know you've seen a creepy painting or like a weird depiction yeah and it demon. sticks with you but then when it comes to life fuck that that's so terrifying that is so terrifying
1: well more to me creepier than when it actually came to life oh, yeah. to me creepier than when it actually came to life was when <laughs> <laughs> to me creepier than when it actually came to life was when the painting fell off the wall, and then he picks the painting up and hang it it's up, gone. and the, and the image is gone. Yeah, and but then, then you
2: hear the flute playing. She yeah, was playing a flute and just he's like, behind Fuck.
1: her. That was, that was that was that was the that was the creepiest part there. Whereas like, well, cause what would, you, what would you, what would you do? Like if like where before you actually saw the the woman, you'd be like, where did she go? What is happening? Well, you know th- that moment of, of, and then
2: the way she drops the flute is just like oh, just like just. She didn't slam it down. She didn't let it go. It just like slips out of her creepy long hands. Oh, so creepy.
0: It's interesting too because it's it could go either way. It's oh my gosh, where did she go? Is she behind me? Or it's what is happening to my sanity? Like, can I right. trust my own mind? Like, exactly. am I completely yes. losing it? Like, was there ever anything on this painting? Right,
1: and that's and that's a key part of his character, where he's the last one to believe
0: in. Yeah. Because he's a like a natural skeptic, right? Was well, natural skeptic, but I
1: think that plays into his confidence as well. Where it's just like, this can't be real. I have to be crazy. Yeah. You know, he didn't have the, he didn't have the confidence to even or to even believe what he was seeing. You know.
0: Right. Oh, and well, and that like ties back into his story of not really believing. Yeah, in, exactly. Like his religion, but just sort of being subjected to that because of his position as his father's son. Right, precisely. Wow, what a good movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. Some really profound shit. Mm-hmm. But also tentacles and slime and It covers all my bases. Gross business, yeah. That's
2: pretty
0: good. Yeah. We all can agree this was uh It took me a while to warm up. Like really? I, yeah, yeah, I was yeah. sitting there kind of like Well there's some like good good moments here, but like mm, I don't know. Like I was on the fence for about thirty minutes and then it really I think took off.
2: Once uh, Pennywise opened his its mouth and like like the arm came out of the gutter. Then I was like, "Oh shit." And then I started like screaming in the movie and people were annoyed and I was like, "I thought this was a scary movie. Mm-hmm. You can scream, right?"
0: Oh, one more thing that I wanted to uh, bring up that uh, probably went unnoticed by a lot of people. When Ben is I noticed that. When Ben is getting <laughs> cut by Henry Bowers in the stomach, uh, and he, he sort of kicks off and falls down that hill. That stunt fall is a masterwork. It's good. That thing was absolutely brutal. And I don't know if they got a child um uh, stunt worker to do it or what? But it was
1: it was actually just an outtake from the fall absolutely from uh, black wild. sheep, yes. Yeah. Farley.
2: Okay. <laughs> that was pretty good. Was With
0: the, fall, the fall the fallen black sheep? Yeah. Yeah, Black, Black Sheep, Sheep, man, what a classic! I feel
2: like there should be like a documentary about just that fall, called "The Fall of the Black Sheep."
1: <laughs> that sounds like a great movie. It
2: does. All right,
0: let's get you uh, like a GoFundMe or a Kickstarter page going, and no, we'll get really this do shit any made. The work. Come on, Francis.
2: <laughs> um. Mm-hmm. I didn't really think about that fall, but now that you mention it.
0: There's so many moments like that, like little kind of subtle things that mm-hmm. may not have like contributed overall to the story. But like, I appreciated because it looks like they went the extra mile. Mm-hmm. Even when um, Ben gets his stomach slashed open after they go into the, the creepy house for the first time and he's standing outside and uh, Richie points out that he's leaking Hamburger Helper. Uh, that was probably one of my favorite moments, because not only is that a funny joke. But it's also like the slashes on his stomach were no joke. They were yeah. like really well done and good yeah, looking, really... and and the the whole tone of that scene with the mom doesn't care about what happened to these kids, and it's probably made up, and they're probably just roughhousing in this stupid old house, and she's completely ignoring this kid that needs his stomach sewn up like right away. Do you think that that was product placement and Hamburger Helper paid?
1: Them to say that his stomach looks like Hamburger Helper. Yeah,
0: definitely. We're gonna get the um the Ben, um themed uh box art soon. I hope um, where so. It's like it's the glove character just like dancing around in front of those open wounds <laughs> but it's
2: as a monster. The, yeah, the,
1: like It's pe- that's Penny. That's been Pennywise's glove the right, entire, the entire time. time and the it's entire, entire, got entire a red time. Clown nose. We didn't realize it. Oh yeah, my God. we're
0: through the looking glass here, people. <laughs> we are. Who's responsible for Hamburger Helper? We're taking this one straight to the top. Mm, I want hamburger. Yeah, that sounds pretty good.
2: What tuna help?
0: Ew! <laughs> no. That, okay, <laughs> on that note, guys,
1: would you recommend? Yes? Oh, 100%. Go see it, you losers. Would you recommend? Yes. I would also recommend it, 100%.
2: Tell you should read the book, too. <laughs>
1: Everyone should probably do everything. Yeah, let's we'll see
0: if it's uh, available on on. But don't audiobook. listen to
2: it. Don't listen to it. It's so good. <laughs> yeah,
0: don't. Yeah, don't go down that route. It's Isn't it wild how they released the remake of it twenty seven years after the original? What?
1: Wait, no. The movie a, was made. No, that's true.
0: It's one hundred percent true. It was part of the the deal, and then one probably one of the best episodes of the trash heap, uh, with a great movie. Is coming out on the anniversary of our first episode, one year ago in September. Look at that, guys! Wow! Look at that!
2: I can't hardly keep my pants on. Oh, is that a thing? Sure,
0: sure. (laughs) Most most kinds of things make me want to do a little
1: dance. I think most of our listeners don't wear pants that regularly. I certainly hope not. So, but anyway, but yeah, thank you guys for you know the the handful of you guys who have listened to us for the past year. Um certainly means a lot to, to us.
0: Right, Keith? Yeah, we wouldn't do it without you. Yeah. If you think for a second I like just sitting around listening to the sound of my own voice or the sound of someone with a very similar voice to my own, <laughs> you got another thing coming. And thanks to people like Francis who come mm-hmm. on the show and add a different voice to the mix because otherwise <laughs> I would go crazy.
1: 100%. Uh, yeah, if there's anything, though, in this coming year, because we're probably going to keep doing this.
0: Maybe Uh, even more
1: frequently. More frequently. That you want us to talk about, maybe we will if you tell us. You Mm. wanna come on the show? How much money you got?
0: Yeah, you.
2: Uh,
0: Oh. Not you, Francis. I'm talking about the (laughs) Yeah, the the proverbial you the world at large. If you wanna come on the show, talk to us, hit us up, let's hear about it. If you wanna recommend a movie Do it. Let us know. So yeah, until that,
1: until next time then. Uh, we hope you enjoyed it we hope you enjoyed the last year of episodes
0: and we'll see you guys later for now the dumpster is closed <laughs> i know i used to work with a guy who used to be a addict, and he told me he read the book in one night this song was playing on the radio in uh, exactly. in norman jean's car
2: it's like who the fuck bites into a fortune cookie do you eat it that way I have sex with Beverly.